Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and today I am joined with Flex Shane over here. All of his links are down below in the description. Do you have anything to say here, Shane? No, just thanks for having me on the show. It's uh, congratulations on over 3,000 subscribers already. You seem to be making a name of yourself in the Dynasty community and fantasy football community. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, no problem. Thank you very much for coming. As always, all of his links are down below in the description. Check them out. He is on a podcast called The Flex Network. It's very entertaining. I watch it pretty much every single week when I have the time to. When I'm making my videos, I just watch it right before. So the first guy we're going to be talking about here, there's going to be a bunch of videos talking about these college prospects coming into the NFL this season. The first guy we're going to be talking about here is Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin. Now, in his senior season, not senior season, his junior season, I guess, because, you know, they don't play all four years typically. So 13 games, 323 touches, 299 rushes, uh, 1,909 rush yards, 21 rushing touchdowns, which is pretty high. 35 targets, 24 catches, 209 receiving yards, five receiving touchdowns, 69% receiving rate. And then he had 2,000 total yards, which is mostly what I want to bring up. That's just amazing. And he only had five yeah. fumbles, which is very, very good. So the first question I have to ask you about Jonathan Taylor is what do you look at when talking about receiving value? Do you think that catches in college are very important? Because you see some guys go to the NFL, they catch the ball like a couple of times in college, and then the NFL is just a target monster. So how does that translate? Well, in terms of translating, I mean, actually, well, I guess to take a step back, in terms of Jonathan Taylor, I mean, if, if you look at all of his metrics, you just um, rattled them off is pretty much like a stat. If you're a stat guy, he hits, checks up pretty much every box. And if you're a, um, a film guy, you like to go watch him and he checks all those boxes as well. So one of the criticisms that a guy like Jonathan Taylor has had is that maybe he's not as, um, as, as efficient or as electric in the passing game simply because it, at Wisconsin, they didn't really use him as often in the passing game as say a guy like Deandre Swift or, or Cam Akers, who I know you love. Um, so obviously it's important. I mean, in most, I think most leagues nowadays are at least 0.5 PPR um, with more going towards like the full PPR. Mm -hmm. So it's obviously important, but with a guy like Jonathan Taylor, I mean, he may not have been used from an actual percentage basis, but he still had close to the same number of catches as everybody else. He still had 24 catches with 209 reception yards and five reception touchdowns. So obviously it's going to translate it, but then you kind of look at um, a guy like a Derrick Henry, right? Who um, on our show, we actually had his high school coach that we interviewed. Um, he actually, uh, with one of the guys, uh, Al, who we call season long says, um, he actually is a uh, teacher in the same district as, as the Derrick Henry high school coach. So we asked him point blank, like, can Derrick Henry catch the ball? And he didn't really catch the ball. Um, in, in college, didn't really ever get thrown the ball. But what you saw is that Tennessee with um, like screenplays and that sort of thing found ways to get him involved this year. And it just helped, it helped him get to that next level. So when you're talking about uh, a running back that like Derrick Henry or like a Jonathan Taylor that are kind of these tanks that don't necessarily catch the ball a ton in college, it doesn't necessarily mean it won't translate to the NFL or to the pro game. It's just a matter of, are they going to be used? And I think what's, what's kind of exciting with the NFL and the way the direction it's going is that a lot of these coaches, like there, there's this new regime with, without these old kind of old crusty coaches. And now a lot of the younger kind of sexier, like, um, like Matt rule and even like a, a Sean McVay, right. Where mm -hmm. these guys know how to get their playmakers the ball. 
And if a, if a guy like Jonathan Taylor, who has shown he can catch the ball when he needs to, if they're going to involve him in a pass game, it's just, it's just that next level. Um, mm-hmm. But what, you know, from a fantasy perspective, it basically makes a difference between a first bound, a first down or first round, excuse me, running back versus like a third round running back. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Now, Jonathan Taylor, if you're in like a rookie league, you're probably going to draft, not a rookie league, I should say dynasty league. You're going to draft him in like the first round if they're included in the uh, regular dynasty pool. Like if it's like your startup draft, would you draft him in the first round? Um, first round. I mean, that, that's what's tough is like right now there are a lot of these startup leagues and I mean, one of my favorite parts, and I think you'd agree, like one of the most fun parts of any league is the draft, right? Yeah. Whether it's a startup draft, whether it's a rookie draft. Um, so if I was drafting, it would probably fall somewhere in, in rounds one or two. Again, assuming no super flex, just a kind of a standard one quarterback type league. You're probably going to be going around the end of the first round or second round. But the thing about where he's going to fall is like any of these players, even a guy as, as, as electric as Jonathan Taylor, it is going to be landing spot dependent. So if he goes to a team, say like a Seattle or, I mean, listen, if he goes to like Kansas city with the 32nd overall pick, like pretty much anybody who, who follows fantasy football is going to be just like falling off their chairs, screaming with excitement. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen because they do have Damian Williams, but so in a sort a situation like that, then yeah, I would almost argue that Jonathan Taylor is going to be like a first round pick in mm-hmm. some of the startup dynasty drafts, but Sight unseen, probably I would say middle to late second round. Okay, that makes sense because I've been doing a lot yeah. of super flex mocks. He goes around like the second or third round, but super flex completely okay. sways the draft because there's going to be like nine quarterbacks going in the first two rounds. So that makes yeah, a lot of exactly. sense. Yeah. So Jonathan Taylor, you said you Derek Henry. Do you think that's his best comp for the NFL or do you think it's someone different? Well, a, a site that you and I both like to use is playerprofiler.com mm-hmm. and they have him best comparable to actually Ezekiel Elliott. Okay. And I mean, Ezekiel Elliott, Derrick Henry, like Derrick Henry is what you'd call an outlier. So there aren't too many guys that would actually compare to him. Like uh, this year in the draft, uh, AJ Dillon, I would argue is probably similar to a guy like Derrick Henry, mm-hmm. but Jonathan Taylor, I mean, he is 226 pounds, five foot 10. So he d- definitely profiles a little bit um, smaller relative to a, a monster. Let's just call yeah. it what it is. A monster <laughs> like Derrick Henry. But I think that the comp is, to, to Ezekiel Elliott is, is probably pretty close. So I would, and if you kind of go down the list with his top four or five, it's Zeke Elliott, Trent Richardson, um, Robert Turbin, Ryan Matthews, um, mm-hmm. Bernard Pierce to go down the list. But Zeke, I mean, do you remember a couple of years ago when Zeke came out and when he got drafted to Dallas with Dallas with one of those top offensive lines, people were like immediately in, in season long, leagues he was going like in the late first round yeah so that's the kind of thing like if jonathan taylor falls in the right situation that's where he's going to be right now i don't know if you do best balls at all but right now he's falling right around the early third round in best ball picks so i guarantee you if he falls in the right position he's going to skyrocket because the fact that he looks like zeke um again he's got he's got both um all the measurables i mean he destroyed the combine and the fact that he's, he's shown it on the field, I think that's uh, a guy like Zeke who's done that as well, which is probably a pretty good comparison. Yeah. Now, a lot of people, when they're talking about Jonathan Taylor, bring up how he, he doesn't have a lot of tread left on the tires. He runs the ball a million times every single year. Does that really come into uh, be a factor for you? Because he's never once gotten really hurt. He's not one of those guys that yeah. gets the ball a million times and then just breaks his leg like other people, like Dalvin Cook, let's say. so. Like a Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there. It's it's not necessarily usage. 
Um, I, I want to say that in the NFL, that, like that 3,000 touch mark is what, um, what we kind of look at in terms of when we start to see typically a running back decline. But I don't know if it's a good comparison for a guy like Jonathan Taylor simply because he's showing it, right? He, to your point, he has not had any major injuries. And he was actually asked about it at Combine because I think that's going to be a common concern. And mm-hmm. honestly, from a fantasy perspective, I feel like people are nitpicking. Right. If they're going to say, well, you know, this guy's going to break down faster. Well, okay. Maybe he's only good until his age 26 season, but the dude's only 21 years old. So yeah. he's going to have five years. It, if he had a lot of injuries and he had a huge like laundry list of injury history. Yeah, absolutely. would be concerning. But the fact that he has not been injured, it basically gave him the opportunity to accrue all of those stats, right? Because if he was yeah. injured and he wasn't playing in those games, he wouldn't have the stats. So I have no issues. I mean, for me, he's the one-on-one in, in rookie drafts. Yeah. That doesn't concern me at all. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, obviously, the combine happened like a month ago. And that's, to yeah. me, the combine isn't super important. But how do you weigh the combine? Like when a guy runs as fast as Jonathan Taylor, some people didn't expect him to run that fast. I mean, I, I did personally because I really liked him. He was the guy I want the Dolphins mm-hmm. to draft. I'm a Dolphins fan. I mean, I doubt they will. But oh, God. Okay. Yeah, I know you're a Patriots fan, but but what do you think about the combine? Do you uh, do you weigh that in? Well, uh, I mean, you have to, right? I mean, mm-hmm. when we look at the fact and you compare him to, like, say, a J.K. Dobbins who didn't actually um, really test at the combine, mm-hmm. it just creates question marks. Yeah. But I think that you can't – listen, so when you're raking these, these running backs or even these wide receivers um, pre-combine, you're going off of – a lot of his game tape or just the, you know, the general accounting stats you would find um, just with their college performance. And then they go to the combine and it's almost like a validation. It's okay. Jonathan Taylor looks fast. Is he actually fast? Oh yeah. He ran a, what is it here? Um, (laughs) Sorry. I'm just pulling up his, his uh, 40 or his 4.39. So under a four, four 40, that's extremely quick. Yeah. And then when you translate it for his, for his um, height and weight, he's pretty much like a 90th plus percentile speed score. So this is a guy who he looked like he was fast and guess what? He proved that he was fast. So yeah. I would say that it's more of a validation. And when a guy doesn't test or test poorly, AKA like a Zach Moss who pre combine, he was in the discussion of like the top four or five yeah. running backs, depending on, you know, who you preferred whatever your flavor was, but he tested very poorly at the combine. So typically it's going to hurt you if you test poorly more than it really helps you. That makes sense. Yeah. 100%. I I argued that Zach Moss, he wasn't even hurt. His heart was just hurt after he he performed so bad, but I think that the combine, you have to like partially weigh it in, but to me, it's not everything. Cause if you watch like some of these guys run, they just run way faster with the ball in their hands. I know people talk about that on Twitter. It's like a joke, but it is kind of true. Some of those guys do run faster in like full game speed, if you get what I'm saying. But I think that Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor was very, very good in college. And I think that he's probably going to be the one-on-one, unless you're talking super flex and probably every single dynasty draft, unless he somehow goes to some garbage team, like, like a terrible landing spot would be like some team who just has like no offensive line, or he's going to be like the second back on the team. But I think the team that draft Jonathan Taylor is really going to try to put him to be like the main back on the team. Do you think that's true as well? Well, I mean, the thing about it, like Jonathan Taylor, is he's probably going to be drafted in either the late first round or early second round. Uh-huh. So 
if a team is investing that sort of draft capital on them, yeah, they're drafting them to be the RB1 for sure. Okay. That makes so sense. So I would say, yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. <laughs> Do you think that uh, Jonathan Taylor is going to – I don't know how to like word this, but do you think that he is going to be the guy that everyone believes he will be? Because a lot of these guys get so much hype and then they just don't perform. Like you could see over the past couple of years, like Darrell Henderson, I know you brought him up. Everyone loved yeah. Darrell Henderson in fantasy drafts and then he, he busted. But to me, I think that that's like nearly impossible because if you're drafting a guy early in drafts, like if you remember a couple of years ago, Saquon in regular yes. redraft leagues, he was getting drafted. He was like a top three pick. And no one's even yeah. seen him touch the NFL field. But my only worry now is this is actually something that I think is important is now with this coronavirus shit, do you think that this impacts the rookies a lot because they're not going to be seeing potentially OTAs, training camp, things like that? Yes. To, the short answer is yes. But it, I think it affects different positions differently. Mm -hmm. um, so generally, like my strategy, I guess to take a step back, when I'm drafting um, my dynasty rookie picks, I tend to favor the running back over the wide receiver position. So yeah. for example, like I would argue like a CD lamb is probably the, he's my wide receiver one. I think he's a lot of people's wide receiver one on the one on their boards as well. Yeah. I'm probably going to be considering a guy like, well, I'm definitely going to be taking like a cam makers or JK Dobbins ahead of CD lamb. Because when you talk about dynasty drafting, one of those like high end running backs is like an immediate jolt to the system it will immediately make your dynasty team better because mm -hmm. they will have impact right, right at the very start. You see that these rookie running backs, you know, given the opportunity, they can be effective and they can have impact in real NFL football immediately in yeah. your first year. Whereas oftentimes there's a little bit of a lag for these wide receivers. Um, so when it, when it comes to the running back position, yes, it could hurt. And I would say it would hurt more so from a strength and conditioning perspective. I, I would be willing to bet that if there is a delay in these, the preseason or just in general with, with the whole um, off season timing, then mm -hmm. we're probably going to see more injuries in training camps. Yeah. So that's to that end. Yes. There's a little bit more risk associated with that. Um, but in terms of the direct impact on the field for running back, it doesn't really worry me if they're drafted early and this NFL team believes in them, I would believe in them. Now we see it with wide receivers that, more often than not, you don't see an immediate impact. I mean, yeah. you, you see guys like um, like Debo Samuel, who he finally started coming on last year, but it wasn't late until the season. And then now, year two, even with an A.J. Brown, who again went off, D.K. Metcalf. I mean, the list goes on in terms of guys who it takes time to develop that rapport with their quarterback, develop the trust with the coaching staff to be put on the field. So I could absolutely see it affecting the wide receivers more than the running backs. Okay, yeah, that definitely makes a lot of sense. I'd definitely be worried about when you're drafting a wide receiver now just for this mm -hmm. year, like the rookie, because at the end of the day, like even last year, we saw Terry McLaurin and Dwayne Haskins. They played college football together, and somehow mm -hmm. he had no idea how to throw the ball to Terry McLaurin. It was like embarrassing. The ball was going like oh 100 God. feet over his head. I don't think Dwayne Haskins is any good. That has nothing to do with this video. But do you got anything else on JT before we end here? God, we can do total tangents. <laughs> I like I like Dwayne Haskins coming into school to be honest. You um, do? He he had really yeah he had really good um, just I guess football IQ would be the best way to put it but it didn't really translate onto the field but that's that maybe a conversation for another day I think that um, Washington is probably going to take a QB to be honest. Jeez oh, I hope not I want Tua for the Dolphins but 
<laughs> you guys are gonna have to trade up because what what are the Dolphins have the fifth pick? Is it five? Yeah, they have to move up. Yeah, they're gonna have to move up. I think. Yeah, probably. If they don't move up and they they go with Herbert, I'm gonna throw something at a screen because I, I can't stand Herbert. Don't you feel like Herbert's kind of underrated though? He is underrated, but that he, I mean his arm skill is amazing. Yeah, it's well, the biggest criticisms that I've heard about uh, Justin Herbert is that it's between the ears. It's when he when when the Bulls are flying and he's on the field. His ability to adjust to the in-game speed, it's it, it just not quite there. Like He's like the best practice quarterback that you <laughs> could ever want, but he's not necessarily the best game quarterback. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, do you got anything else here on Jonathan Taylor before we end the video? Um, I think the only thing with, to, to close out the Jonathan Taylor is don't overthink this, people. I mean, he's, he's the best running back in the class. He destroyed the combine. He racked up three years of production. Um, he's an athletic freak. And pretty much unless he goes to an absolute disaster situation, which I don't think is going to happen, he's going to have an immediate impact in year one. Um, so he's the one-on-one in my book. Yeah, I, I completely agree. So thank you for coming on here. We're going to end this episode here. Make sure to check out Shane. His links are down below in the description. Make sure to watch their podcast. It is very good. I watch it. It's on YouTube. It's on Spotify. It's on all those things where you can watch podcasts. My Mine's on there as well. So thank you guys all for watching. Shane, you got anything else to say here? Are no, cheers. Just appreciate you having me on, brother. All right. Thank you guys very much. There will be more of these kind of videos breaking down these rookies across the next week. So thank you all for watching. I love you all. Goodbye.